This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Dr. Siobhan here. I am so excited for the topic of today, and it is all about your thoughts. As you all know, who've been following me for a while, my approach to improving your marriage and improving any area of life really starts with your thinking. I have observed that whenever we want to improve the relationship with our husband or whenever we want to make any change in life, usually people go to the action. So I want you to just think about for yourself, like if you want to be more connected to your husband, what do you usually do, right? Usually, I'm going to just make a guess here, it involves bringing it to his attention. Hey, we don't ever spend time together. I would really like for us to, you know, have some quality time together. And you take that action, but really still in the back of your mind, you're thinking we don't spend enough time together. So you're making the right steps, but the thinking behind it is all wrong. And so inevitably, that stuff fizzles out, right? You do the action and maybe you have some short-term progress, but then ultimately it reverts back to what it was before. And that is because there is a gap in shifting your thinking, developing new beliefs, and telling yourself a new story about the relationship with your husband. And so today, That is what we are going to be doing, a deep dive into your thinking. And what are you committed to believing? It's such a good question, and it's probably a question you may not have been asked before. And the reason for that is because we are not taught to ever challenge what we think. And if you are a strong-minded woman like myself, you really believe the things you think are true. You really believe it. And it's actually a very specific pathway how this happens. Typically, there is a circumstance or a situation. It is sort of the trigger. An event happens, something is said, And from that experience, from that circumstance, from that trigger, you develop a thought. You have an opinion about it. You have a perspective about it. You have an understanding of it. You make meaning of it in some way. That is what our brains are trained to do. So you have this trigger, situation, or circumstance, and then you have a thought about it. And what ends up happening, because our brains are like sponges, right? You hear that analogy with with children. But even as adults, our brains are sponges. And 
the thought that you think is sort of imprinted in your mind, right? And so what happens is because our brains are just efficient at rehearsing the same things over and over and over again, that's what happens with your thinking. So you think the thought when the situation happens, and then your brain begins to just churn out more of that same thinking. Like, oh, this is what we're doing today. It's like a factory and like a machine. And over time, when you continue to go along with the same line of thinking, when you have the same thoughts repeatedly, they become ingrained beliefs. And those beliefs attract more evidence to prove that they're true. So now you have a thought that you've thought over and over and over again. That thought becomes a deeply ingrained belief. Like literally, there's a groove in your brain that has a direct pathway to that line of thinking. And when that is your orientation to your marriage, when that is your orientation to the world, your eyes perceive everything through that filter. And so now your, your experience is just confirming that belief to be true. Yep, there we go again. It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. Here's another piece of evidence. Here's another example. Here's another situation. All of that is true. And then it becomes your truth. It becomes the way it is. It becomes reality in your mind. So I want to play this out with a very specific example so you can understand exactly what I'm saying. So I want you to imagine maybe your husband works a lot, right? Or he has some other activities that take him out of the house and not spending as much time with you as you would like. So his work schedule is what it is. He's working, right? That is the trigger. That's the circumstance. That's the situation. When you acknowledge and you see and you realize, hey, he's working a lot. And hey, when he's working a lot, he's not here. And when he's not here, he's not helping. And when he's not helping, I'm stressed out and overwhelmed with the responsibilities of our household and caring for the children. That's the thought, right? He's working a lot. He's not at home. He's not helping. So you then think we're not a priority. What he's doing outside the home is more important. Over time, right? Because that line of thinking just gets reinforced, it becomes your reality. It becomes a hard wired belief, deep, deeply ingrained belief. And so now what you tell yourself more consistently is, I'm not a priority. Our family's not a priority. He's never here. I have to do everything on my own. I'm super stressed out and overwhelmed. He's so selfish, right? That becomes your belief system. 
And it creates a story where every time now, when he has an appointment, when he has something else to do, when he puts anything on his calendar that takes him away from the home, or when he's home and he's not as engaged as you want him to be, or he's not as helpful as you want him to be, or he's not as attentive and present with you as you want him to be, what then happens is that just becomes your reality and how you see him. He's super checked out. He's so disengaged. He is aloof. He is not even trying to connect with me. And that becomes your reality. And so what I want to offer you is that your thought that leads to this deeply ingrained belief that creates this life story may not be accurate whatsoever. And I know hearing that, you're probably like, no, for sure, this is the truth. And the reason you feel that way is because we are never, ever taught or even motivated to challenge or question the things we believe. And the reason is because our egos have a desire to always be right. We are self-righteous human beings. And so when we believe we have evidence for something, when we believe that all facts, quote unquote, I'm using air quote for facts, point to this belief, point to this quote unquote reality, we are not even open to the possibility that there's another way of seeing it. We shut ourselves off from any alternative explanation, any alternative um, perception, and we miss out. But the reason it's so attractive for us to hold on to our way of thinking, to hold on to our beliefs, to hold on to our story is because we like to be right. And the other reason is because we get to blame the other person. As human beings, our natural tendency is not to take responsibility. Taking responsibility and looking at ourselves is very uncomfortable. Our default pattern is to look outside of ourselves for the reason of the problem. So if our husband is working a lot or our husband has a lot of commitments outside of the house, then of course it's his fault. Of course, the problem is him and what he's doing. And by default, if the problem is him and what he's doing, then the only solution is for him to change. And we latch on to that as the solution because it's so easy to shift the blame to him. And what's more difficult is looking at ourselves and how we can take control of the situation for ourselves. The other reason we are never motivated or never inspired to change our story or challenge our thinking is because it's so comfortable and it's so familiar. Now, again, remember when you have that trigger situation, when you have that initial um, circumstance, your brain forms a thought about it immediately. And 
that thought, again, the brain just churns it out. And so it's comfortable. It's what you know. It's what you've been thinking. It's how you see it. It's like a nice, warm, snuggly blanket on that couch, right? It fits just right. It makes sense to you. It's conformed to just what you see and what you think. And so why would you ever want to get out from under that blanket on a freezing cold day? Why would you ever want to challenge your mind and challenge your brain to do some hard thinking that feels uncomfortable? You wouldn't. And so that's why you stay stuck. That's why over and over again, you just ruminate on the same story. If I were to talk to you today and ask you, what are the problems in your marriage? You'd say one thing. If I would talk to you two weeks from now and ask you about the problems of the marriage, you'd say the same thing. If I ask you a year from now, same issues because your thinking hasn't changed because you're so attached and so committed to believing your story because all you're doing is collecting evidence to prove that it's true. I know this is accurate for a fact because some of you who have um, done calls with me, I may talk to you one year and you may ultimately decide you don't want help for your marriage, but then a year later you come back to me and it's the same conversation. And even if you haven't spoken to me directly, I want you to think about the story you've been telling yourself about your marriage and how long you've been telling that story. How long have you been saying that your husband um, works too much? How long have you been saying that you're not a priority to him? How long have you been saying that he doesn't give you the attention that you want? How long have you been saying that you guys are just disconnected and just not on the same page and that things are different and it'll never be the same like it was in the beginning? How long? Has that been your story? How long have you been accumulating evidence to prove that that is true? Here's the problem with that. You want something different. You want to be happy with your husband. You want to feel connected. You want to feel like you are a priority. You want to love your marriage again. That is your desire. You want to be happy with him. You want to enjoy the time you spend together. You want to feel like a team. You want to feel like he has your back. And the problem is that what you are thinking, what you are believing, the story you have inserted yourself into as the main character does not align with what you want. If what you really want is to have a deeply connected marriage where you and your husband spend time together, but you're thinking, he doesn't care. I'm not a priority. He doesn't make an effort. You'll never get there. Never. And so what I want to invite you to do today is to challenge your thinking. And I want you to have this as a guided question. What are you committed to thinking? 
What is it that you want to think? What is it that you want to believe about your marriage, about yourself in your marriage, about your husband in your marriage? What will you commit to believing? And the thing about commitment is you commit to something even when it's difficult, even when it's uncomfortable, and even when it doesn't feel like your reality. And what I want you to know is the only reason it doesn't feel like your reality is because you haven't been looking for evidence to prove it true. Your mind has been focused only on what's going wrong, only on the complaints, only on blaming him, only on looking outside of yourself for the answers. And so that is what's comfortable and that's what feels true because that's what you've been thinking for so, so long. Now, I want to help you just know that that is normal. That is how most human beings operate in the world, right? Which is why divorce is so high. Because people aren't ever taught that the solution to creating a shift in their marriage starts with their thinking. They miss that step completely. And so they spend a lot of time on actions and conversations and other strategies that don't get at the root of the problem. But when you commit to believing the things that are in alignment with what you want, several things happen. First of all, you're more empowered because you're no longer blaming your husband or blaming your situation as the only thing that needs to change. When you commit to changing your thinking, you put 100% of the power in your hands. When you commit to believing something that serves you, that is in alignment with what you want, you also feel better. Now, in a previous podcast episode, I've documented the connection between your thoughts and your feelings. What you think about manifests itself in an emotion in your body, right? If you feel anxious or tense, check your thinking. You're probably thinking anxious and tense thoughts. That response in your body is generated by your thinking. If you're feeling happy and at peace, it's because you're thinking happy and peaceful thoughts, okay? So when you commit to believing thoughts that are in alignment with the happy, connected, your joy-filled marriage that you want, you feel better. And in addition, you take better actions, When you are believing the best about your husband, when you believe that he wants to be with you, when you believe that he loves you, when you believe that you're important, when you believe that he wants to please you, when you believe that he wants to contribute and be an active team member in your family, you act better, right? You don't have that chip on your shoulder. You're not rude and short with him. You're engaging. You're collaborative, And when you have better thinking and you're feeling better and you take better actions, you get better outcomes in your marriage. You get better results. 
That is how it works. You don't try to go to the action first without changing your thinking. Now, I want to give you a very concrete example from the pages of my own life, right? So one of the things I often hear from you guys is how much you appreciate my own transparency and the relatability that I offer in doing this work. So I'm going to share with you a thought that I have from time to time, right? Because here's the thing about your thoughts. They come, right? They come. But the difference is what you do with them when they come, right? So I always use the analogy. You can have a thought and it can knock on your door, right? The thought is here. My husband doesn't love me. My husband doesn't give me enough attention. That's the thought at the door. So you can answer the door and say, okay, I see you. But that's not really helpful right now because I really do want to believe that my husband loves me and that my husband cares about me and that I'm a priority for him. So no thank you, right? Like the people here in New Jersey, at least, there's a lot of people that come like trying to sell solar panels for your roof, right? They knock on the door. Okay, I see you, solar panel guy. No thank you. I'm not interested. Bye-bye. And he leaves and I go about my day. But a lot of times what happens for us is the thought comes, it's knocking on the door and we invite it in. Oh yes, my husband doesn't care about me. This day he did something else instead of spending time with me. This other day when I was trying to talk to him, he totally dismissed me. He was so enthralled in what he was doing. He wasn't paying attention to me and I felt so rejected and he just doesn't care and I'm so tired of it. You invite the thought in. You put it on the couch. You serve it tea. You have dinner with it. It becomes an overnight guest, right? So what I want to share in you know, offering my own example is that I have those thoughts too. We're human. They come. But I can recognize the thought as something that I don't want to believe because it doesn't serve me in the type of marriage that I'm trying to create. So I have the thought my husband just doesn't have time for me. That's the thought that knocked on my door. Hello, Dr. Siobhan, your husband just doesn't have time for you. He's so busy. So I see the thought. And I decide to choose something different. I am more committed and desire more to believe that my husband absolutely wants to spend time with me. Why wouldn't he want to spend time with me? First of all, I'm amazing. I am like so fun and so cool to hang out with. So of course he wants to spend time with me. That is the thought that I am committed to believe. That is the thought that I want to believe. And so when I believe that thought and think about all the other times that we've had an amazing time hanging out together, all the other times where he's loved being with me, I feel better, right? I'm like, he totally accepts me and he's so welcoming to me. Of course he wants to spend time with me. So what did I do out of that thinking and out of that feeling? I suggested to him 
hey, you're not working Friday. Why don't we go out to dinner? We'll take the kids to your mom's and we'll just go out to dinner. He was like, cool, I'll call her. So he calls his mom and in fact, his mom is available the whole weekend. Actually, it was Saturday. Saturday, we took the kids over there. So the kids actually spent the night at his mom's at his request. All I was asking for was just one night. But he's like, oh, no, they can stay the whole week. You know, they can stay overnight. Great. So what happens? We drop the kids off on Saturday. We go out to dinner. One date. I'm happy. Check. Because that's all I was asking for. Then we come home and we watch a movie. Second date. Check. Then I'm like, oh, you know, let's go to church together, right? It's very difficult for those of you who have small children, going to church with two kids and a husband that sometimes works on the weekends is just like bananas to me. So I usually watch church online. But again, we didn't have the kids and we were together. He wasn't working. So I was like, let's go to church together. He's like, okay. So we go to church together. Date three, check. We're leaving from church. He's like, hey, you want to go out to lunch? Let's go eat lunch. Date four, check. Right? All because the thought I had was, my husband wants to spend time with me. And out of that line of thinking, I felt accepted and welcomed and put myself out there to suggest that we do something together. And the snowball ripple effects of that just kept going and going and going. And so the same can happen for you, right? It may not be automatic. It may not be an overnight success story, but that is how it happens, right? So I am practiced and trained (laughs) to direct my thinking and to direct my brain to believe the thoughts and act on the thoughts that serve me in creating the kind of marriage that I want. And so you have to think about this for yourself. What is the kind of marriage that you want? What would you have to think in order for that type of marriage to be true for you? And so when you identify that thought, then you have to ask yourself, am I committed to believing that, right? Because right now it's not going to feel true. And I'll be honest, even in that moment, it didn't really feel true that my husband wanted to spend time with me, right? But I was committed to believing it and testing it out and looking for evidence to prove it true. And that's what you have to do. So you have to ask yourself, what is the thought I would need to believe about my marriage that serves me in having the type of marriage that I want? And how committed am I to believing that thought? Just ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, where one is I'm not committed at all, and 10 is like I'm all in, committed on believing this thought. Doesn't mean that it has to feel 100% true right now. You just have to have the commitment and the desire to want to believe that. 
And once you've established that, then you have to look for evidence all the time. I would encourage you to write the thought out on a index card or a post-it note or put it in your phone as a reminder. And every time you see that thought, find proof that it's true. Find evidence that it's happening. Find evidence that you're making progress towards that thought being true. So example thoughts are, my husband wants to spend time with me. We are a team. I love spending time with my husband. We communicate very well. He understands me and I understand him. Right? I just want you to think about what do you actually want to believe in your marriage? And then look for evidence for that being true. Even the tiniest bit of evidence counts. And you have to rehearse the thought often. It has to be something that is in the forefront of your mind. It has to be something that you place in front of you continuously because your brain is going to go back to the default thinking all the time. But you are in charge of your thinking, right? God has given you power to control your thinking. That is like your birthright to be able to do that. Exercise the power that you already have. You have dominion over all things, including your own mind. Right? So what is it that you were committed to believing about your marriage that's going to serve you? Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Repeat it daily and look for evidence proving that story to be true as opposed to the one that doesn't serve you. All right, there you have it. It's all about your thoughts. Start there and watch everything else change. Have an incredible day. I will see you and talk to you next week. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.